Beloved, you are listening to Grace Life Komi Podcast, a platform commissioned by God to raise men into completeness in Christ Jesus. We believe that you will be blessed beyond measure as you give yourself wholly to this divinely inspired teaching. Through God's servant Pastor Chimdi Ohahuna. Grace to you, Jesus is Lord. We are still on the second miracle. Um, we let me word with that. We drifted a little while in the miracle, and um, we're back. Amen. We looked at um, we're looking at faith, and we began to understand uh, the true worshiper kind of uh, faith. And um, we looked at worship in spirit. We look at worship in truth in due course, but not now. Amen. All right. So we can be able to continue looking at the. The, the the miracle itself and um the miracle on that study and um when i picked up my study i looked and i was like ah, what is left to study here i was like okay maybe we should go to the next and as i began to look through the same verse of scripture um i began to see some lights and i started preparing in another light and i discovered why the preparation was going on what i said what i started preparing had to be what i will continue to later amen and the Lord began to show some mild lights to us today. So we're going to be looking at, in still in this miracle of the noble man, we're looking at a subhead in which, you know, by the Holy Spirit, I titled, Obedience to Jesus. Obedience to Jesus' commands precedes manifestations of miracles. Obedience to Jesus' commands precedes what? Manifestations of miracles. The same John chapter 4, we're looking at verse 50 to 53. Say, Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Now watch something here. He says, His servants. So it's not a matter of coincidence. I get what I'm saying. It's not one servant. I always thought it was his servant. Amen. In fact, when I was even still reading, studying this verse of scripture, I still thought, you know, sometimes you read into the scripture. Amen. I still thought it was his servant. But as I'm reading here, I say he says his servant. So the Bible says in the message of um, um, witnesses, the word is the word established. And the, book, the Old Testament makes us understand that for any man to be, to be, to be, you know, before the law court, a witness, we must have two or three witnesses for a case to be established. And that happened in the Old Testament. And that's what still happens in every you know, legal system. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. And so, why the word servant said to make us understand that beyond the doubt, this thing happened. It's not just one servant. They could be able to dispose of that kind of witness. Are you getting what I'm saying? But when we are dealing with when we are dealing when we are dealing with many servants we cannot but accept that it really happened. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Amen and amen. amen. All right. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And he said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. He asked when the boy began to amend. And they told him yesterday, the seventh hour, he did not amend, the fever left. 
He was asking for amendment. You know, <laughs> amen to you. You see, when you cannot just phantom how something can happen instantaneously, you begin to you begin to try to rationalize it. So the um, so you begin to say, okay, it has to be progressively. He he has to you know get better gradually. So, so when did he start getting better? You know, when we treat people, they begin to get better. When we see a miracle in the medical practice, they will tell you this is this beats medical world science. Because according to health and medicine, you amend, you start amending. Are you get what I'm saying? Hey, you start amending, amend the plot gradually. Are you get what I'm saying? But it was it, so from his own perspective, this is meant to be a matter of you will start getting better. So when Jesus said, Go, your son is okay. So okay, Jesus has said, My son will start getting better. So when did he start getting better? And they told him, No. It's not a matter of when you said getting better, when you said I'm ending. It's not close here, sir. The fever left. The guy, it was not amending. He was fully restored. You get what I'm saying? Now, are we together? Yes. So, he says, So the father knew that it was at the same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed, and his whole heart. Amen to Jesus. So, this is grant of revelation. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Now, so the, the, the man now understands that does the same hour Jesus told him, Go, your son leaves. Now, Jesus is not telling him, Go, your son is amending. <laughs> now, most of the times when God gives us a word, we try to rationalize the word so we cannot just take it hook, line, and sinker. Faith is the ability to take God's word hook, line, and sinker, not the ability to rationalize his word. And so he comes and asks, this, When did he start amending? And Jesus never told him, Go, your son is amending. He told him, Your son liveth. In other words, if he says, Your son liveth, that means your son was actually in death. He was actually dead. Are you getting what I'm saying? He was actually dead. And if he says, He liveth, that means he's fully alive now. Are we together? Amen. Now, the guy had a fever, a high fever, and definitely. He must have been, you know, maybe in a line position. And the fever was there. The man knew the guy had the, the boy had a fever. The servant knew that the boy had fever. Amen to Jesus. But Jesus did not tell him your son is well. Are you getting what I'm saying? He didn't tell him your son is healed. For the leprous man, he told him, Go that faith has made him whole. Are you getting what I'm saying? And the woman issue of blood, the same thing too. Are you getting what I'm saying? When it's a matter of healing, Jesus says it's a matter of healing. Are you get what I'm saying? When it's a matter of wholeness in healing, he says what? Wholeness in healing. But Jesus did not say, your son is healed. Are you get what I'm saying? He says, your son liveth. That means, at the point Jesus was talking to him, the son was dead. Are you get what I'm saying? The son was dead. And possibly when the man had left the house, the son was still in the high fever, mood the servants might have been around still seeing the high fever but the guy was actually dead so then jesus makes him understand that your son is dead you don't know he's dead even the people around there don't even know he's dead and now this was the reason why when um lazarus when they told jesus lazarus was sick he didn't go immediately i get what i'm saying and he allowed lazarus to he allowed for the sickness 
And he told them, his name is not to death. But Lazarus actually died. Are you getting what I'm saying? All right. And, but you see, some of the time when you hear, when you hear the words of Jesus, they sound contradictory. He said, this is not unto death. But Lazarus died physically. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, so if Jesus said it was not unto death, and Lazarus died physically, that actually means that that death that Lazarus died was not death. Are you getting what I'm saying? It was not death. Are you getting what I'm saying? But for them, it was death. In fact, what days in the grave? What other death is more than that death? Four days. They told him he stinked. But he said the guy is not dead. And they could not rationalize what he was saying. Because even me, I will not be able to rationalize it. But he told them, he's not, he told his disciples he's not unto death. And he told them, he came and told Mary and he said, okay, um, your son, your, your, your brother is not dead. He said, yes, we know he shall resurrect on the resurrection. They said, I'm the resurrection and the life. So it was from the onset, he kept telling his disciples that this guy is not dead. Even when he actually died physically. Now, so how do we marry this? This is where, when we are dealing with God's operation, it can never be from a human standpoint. It can never be from a rational point of view. It has to be by God's faith. I hear what I'm saying. So it tells him your soul liveth. That means actually the soul was dead. Now, they were seeing high fever, but that was actually dead. Are you getting what I'm saying? And the, the, the author of life is the one who's saying that you are seeing high fever, but he's dead. And the same author of life is the one who said that the sickness of Lazarus is not to death. And Lazarus even died and four days was in the grave. So, how do you explain this? He's the author of life. He's the one that knows when death has happened. And he's the one that knows when death has not happened. In the situation of Lazarus, where death happened physically, he said the sickness is not to death. That means. The guy did not die. But they have even buried him for four days, but he said he did not die. Medically speaking, all organs shut down, but he but said Lazarus did not die. How does he say, how does he mean by that? I can't explain. And now look at this boy's case here. The boy just had a high fever. And the family was looking at him and they were seeing high fever. How to see everything? And Jesus said the guy was dead. You're going to see your son is dead. And I can be explained this. That's why he's Jesus. And that's why he's God. How <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. He defines things, not we defining them. Over the years, we have defined things by our physical, medical apparatus and mental apparatus. And when that is the case, we are not always good at getting God's definitions on matters. Amen. And that's why if he says that the sinner is not to death and the guy is sick and die, is he lying? That's why you have situation where he says, but God told me this and this rather happened. Was God lying? <laughs> I get what I'm saying. But the man of God said something. He said, God cannot lie. You are the one that does not understand. So it takes the eyes of the spirit and um, and 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 and, and the, in, the, the understanding of the spirit to understand the words of God and the actions of God. That's why the Bible says His ways are what past finding out. Hallelujah to Jesus. So this actually this contradiction in quotes we come in different areas of life. I get what I'm saying. 
There are things the Lord has told me, and I say, but God, I know you told me this. How come it looks like this is the what the opposite is what is happening? Are you getting what I'm saying? I've asked that question time and again, time and again, time and again, and I have not gotten an answer. But I think I'm getting an answer. That he says the boy leave it. Whereas the boy was having high fever. If he said leave it, that means the guy was dead. But they were still high fever. The organs were, the heart was still beating. But the author of life said the guy was dead. And now he's one, he's now he's leaving. I get what I'm saying. Um, and then Lazarus was sick. And he told them the sickness is not to death. And four days the guy was buried. And he comes and brings him back. But he said it was not to death. And the guy led in the grave. And what of when God tells you this matter is not to death. And it ends in the grave. Will you believe God or will you believe the grave? That's how when he came to Lazarus, he didn't say Lazarus resurrects. I know what I'm saying. Because he said it from the other side, the sickness is not to death. So this guy did not die. You are the ones that buried him. Say, but his heart stopped beating. His pulse is yes, but he did not die. You are the ones who buried him. That's why he only called Lazarus out. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because if Lazarus died, he should have said, Lazarus, Lazarus resurrect. But he said, Lazarus, come out. They are the ones who buried you. You have not died. Even though medically speaking, he was dead. But from the master's world, he was not dead. These are the operations of God that we grow in. And that's what our faith is trained into as we walk with the Lord. Our faith is trained into these things. These understandings is what the church is not even grasping. So that's why the church, it just has to be, if he has died, he has died. So how can God say the sickness is not to death and he not die? If, God, if you say God told you, how come you are not seeing the opposite? Once you are seeing the opposite, the next they say, you do not hear God. Next they say, you are making mistakes. Next they say, try and error. Next they say, da, 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 da. Please, go and show them when Jesus said, the sickness is not unto And at the end, they buried Lazarus. He was even thinking for bodies. <laughs> go and show them the, the boy, the, 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 the nobleman's son who had high fever. And Jesus said he had died. Mona is alive. Praise God forevermore. Alright, and these are things that the Lord will help us to keep understanding as we walk with the Lord in Jesus' name. Now, from the above mentioned verses of scriptures, we see that the noble man not only believed the words of Jesus, but he also acted on his belief in the words of Jesus by what? Obeying the command of Jesus to go home. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, so Jesus tells him, he believed in Jesus, because Jesus told him, I said he see miracles, he will not believe. And he made Jesus on that. He made, he, he, his action was like Jesus. See, I am not a sign believer. I am not a point of contact believer. My belief did not come because of the things we heard about you in Canaan. My belief came because I believe in you. And then Jesus said, That's beautiful. Okay. To, to prove that your belief is not based on sign, or your goal, your son lives. Because if his belief is to be based on sign, he told Jesus, come and pray for my son. Are you getting what I'm saying? And Jesus, then Jesus told him, if you don't see miracles, you do not believe. And he made Jesus by his disposition know that he's not a sign believer. He's not a point of contact faith believer. And Jesus said, okay, to prove it that you're not a point of contact faith believer. Now go home. And the guy did what? Went home. If he was a point of contact faith believer, if he was a sign faith believer, he should have told Jesus, hey, Jesus, okay, just do something now. Do something. I get what I'm saying. 
Jesus, show me something. Jesus, okay. I get what I'm saying. So that needed something to show that Jesus has done it. Are you get what I'm saying? Now here people say when when you meet a man of God, say man of God, pray for me. Say bless the Lord, the Lord bless you. Say no, but man of God, I mean pray for me. I mean I mean pray for me because you want you want to feel you want something to be done. Are you get what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now the matter the amount of faith he had, he would not have seen his desire come to pass if he did not obey the command of Jesus. I get what I'm saying. Now, so obeying that command was a sure proof that what? He had faith in Jesus. Not because of what he had heard Jesus do before, or he saw that Jesus did in somebody's life, but because of what? He just had faith in Jesus. I get what I'm saying. And the proof of his faith in Jesus was his obedience to the command of Jesus. Now, the proof of faith is obedience to command. Not, not, not talking. Not um, confession. Not is obedience to command. If you talk a million talks, confess a billion confession without obeying commandments of God, without obeying the, the commands of God, you are just a talker. I get what I'm saying. Now, so we must understand. The Bible says, um, um, "This is the this is um, the love of God." Now we what obey His commands. That's the love of God. He said, I'm looking for a definition of love, even for a definition of love. And when, when you want to define anything, you say, science is, social science, social studies is, I get what I'm saying. But he said, this is, that means that's the definition. He says, and this is the love of God. I will what? Obey his word, command. So what is the definition of the love of God? Obedience to God's word, command. How do you know you love God? By obeying his command. How do you know that you are walking in the love of God? You are obeying the commands of God. And then he goes for that to say, and his commandments are not what? Grievous. They are not burdensome. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that is as simple as that. That's why faith, the Bible says, faith walketh by love. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's impossible to walk in faith and not walk in love. Because if you are walking in faith, you must be walking in obedience to the commands of God. And obedience to the command of God is what? Is the love of God. That's why faith walketh by love. And you see, when we hear about the commandments, the commands of God, the first we think of is the Ten Commandments. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, but you see, Jesus tells them, He says, Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy matter, with all thy son, love thy neighbor with thyself. Say, This is what the greatest commandments. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, in the Old Testament, the commandments of God were the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. In the New Testament, the commandment of God is the commandment of love. Are you getting what I'm saying? And that love is simply His love in us. That we reciprocate back to him. Amen to Jesus. Amen. And it's not grievous because love is not grievous. In fact, love removes griefs. Love removes body. When you walk in love, you, you are free, you are light, nobody. Are you get what I'm saying? Amen. All right. Now, so he obeyed the command of Jesus. Now, go through every miracle Jesus performed. He always gave a command to the one who needed a miracle from him. Now, from fill the water jars. In the wedding in Canaan of Galilee, remember that was that was the command. So go, thy faith has made thee whole. The woman with the issue of blood. Are you get what I'm saying? She always gives a command. When the man touched him, the woman and he said, Virtue let me know. And the man came. When the man um, um, uh, said everything, he told her, Go, thy faith has made thee whole. If she didn't go and she stand, she'd have not been whole. She'd have said, It's in season, but Lord, I want to be sure. 
that I will not come again. You get what I'm saying? It says go that faith. That was the that was the true act of faith. When he told her, Go, thy faith has made thee whole. And she went. That was the fullness of the faith. Because even at the in our time, as Jesus has located that by prophecy. And she saw that the issue of blood has stopped. And Jesus now still went for that to locate her by prophecy. Since virtue has left me. She will say, Jesus, you have to now lay hands on me. Now that you have located me, you have to lay hands on me. You have to anoint me. You have to prophesy. You have to speak into my life. You have to make dangerous declarations. Those things, more often than not, they are signs of immature faith. When he tells her, go thy faith, she waits, knowing that if the blood will stop now, and he still went to locate me, then by him telling me, go and move, that means blood will never flow again like that. Are we together? All right. So from the woman, the issue of blood, to stretch out your arm, the man with the withered hand. You see that? The man's hand was withered and he said, stretch it out. There has to be a command that has to be obeyed for the miracle to manifest. Are you getting what I'm saying? We live in a generation who don't want the command, but we want the miracles. We don't want to love God, but we want the miracles. Are you getting what I'm saying? And that's the reason why no matter what people do, no matter they, they jump, they, they shout, they do different body language and drama. You can never take me back to the chimney of 10 years ago. Now when you wink, smoke and cry and whine, I start praying and decreeing and prophesying upon your life and, and come commanding something so that you get a quick fix miracle. What the church has today is a, 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 a bunch of people who are, who are looking for quick fixes who never want to love God. I get what I'm saying. So when you tell them come for Bible study, they won't come. But then they come for healing and deliverance, prophetic and declaration service. Hey! Everywhere is full. Most of the time, what we even call Bible study self, I've seen nobody here. Not even, we don't really do into, we don't even go into Bible, Bible, Bible study again. You understand what I'm saying? We still pick some topics and see, we, we preach. We preach. We preach midweek Bible study. We preach um, Sunday service. And then, um, Friday, we, we pray. Are you getting what I'm saying? And so we see that we, we're wondering why the love of God is dwindling in the hearts of believers. It's because of what we have taught them over the years. We have taught them, come, let us fix you, fix you up and fix your problem for you. And so they keep looking for quick fixes. Are you getting what I'm saying? But when Jesus wants, when you need a miracle from Jesus, he never gives you a quick fix. He gives you a command. And the command, obedience to the command will determine whether you get it fixed or not. Are you getting what I'm saying? So basically, he's not the one who fixes it. You fix it. He gives you the command and you obey for to get it fixed. If you don't obey, it will be fixed. Are we together? Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. You know, the list goes on. You can go to scriptures and see the list. There was something to do. He put the blind man that he was. He, he, he mixed clay on the floor, saliva with clay. And put it on the man's eye. He still told the man, Go and wash in the pool of water. Still alone. Go and wash. There has to be a command. If it's us today, we say, About Jesus, you have full clear. What is remaining now? You worship for me now. That generation we live in. Carry pure water and worship for me, Jesus. I'll pure water. I bet somebody help him buy pure water. Buy pure water. They let him wash it. 
It's him that said it in Monsignor. We don't want to get involved in, in miracles at all. We don't want to get involved. We just want Jesus to fix us up while we get messed up the more. Fix me up today, I get messed up tomorrow. Fix me up today, I get messed up tomorrow. And that's what the church has turned into. And the ministers of the gospel on the podium have encouraged them to do that the most. Because we always, we always, we always tell them that we have a quick fix for them. Come for a quick fix. You have financial problem, come for a quick fix. You have academic problem, come for a quick fix. You have different problems, come for a quick fix. So we are quick fixers. And they are what? People are looking for what? Quick fixes. Are we together? Faith is incomplete without a command from Jesus. And it will not produce results without obedience to Jesus' command. Are you getting what I'm saying? Over the years, I've learned by experience to give people instructions and pray for them. Somebody called me a couple of days ago and he was, in fact, he said, I need somebody to encourage him. Um, he told me the whole problem. And I told him, uh-uh, the last time he told you that they cannot treat it. And if they treat it, this will happen, that will happen. I said, now they told you they can't treat it. I said, ah, I should be thanking God that there's progress, there's good news now. now. There's good news because the good news now is that they can treat it before they say they cannot treat Now they say they can treat it and you are telling me you are discouraged. Discouraged for what? Oh, the stress. I'm going to say stress. Is it not part of you? are all going through stress. So what's the big deal? But there's, I'm seeing progress here now. Before they say they cannot treat. Now they say they can treat. Uh-uh. I am you better start thanking God for, for, the, for the new good news that they can treat. Hey. And I told him of how a guy was crying and she couldn't see the way by the side. So him every time you, our vision is clouded by tears, we cannot see the provision by our side. The angel did not do a miracle where the way was there, but tears could not allow her to see the provision. And that's why the devil wants us to cry. That's why the devil wants us to be so. That's why the devil wants all those messed up, blah, 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 blah. So that we'll never see divine provisions that always close by. And so we have to intentionally what? Make sure we are what? Obedient to divine commandment. Let the people pray, let the people pray, and the air shall bring forth their increase. Ye that cannot, ye that uh, sing, O Barry, sing, you have never had a child, pray for the city. Those are commands that when we obey them, we will see the miraculous. But naturally, they don't flow. Why? Because your situation is always contrary to what the command will be. God will not give you a command that is flowing with your situation. <laughs> if not, it's aligning to your situation. That's what we need to know. The widow hand, Jesus says, stretch it out. The opposite of the hand. The hand cannot be stretched, and he says, stretch it out. He did not say, okay, all right, I'm going to pray for the hand. Just leave it like that, just leave it like that, just leave it like that. Leave it like that, I'm praying for leave it. And that's what the Christian wants. Leave it like that, leave it like that. God is going to just do it for you like that. Like that. No, 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 that's not Jesus. That's not Jesus, sir. Go through Jesus. He, makes, he gives you a command that is contrary to your situation. So you can what? Get involved in the miracle. The reason for that is that he wants you to be able to fix yourself using your faith in him. Are you know what I'm saying? Not waiting for him to fix you with no faith in him. Faith in Jesus will always enable you to fix yourself. Are you know what I'm saying? Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. And so, well, a few minutes after then, the young person called me and said, ah, oh, good news, though. In fact, they said they don't, need to, they don't need to do this scan again. In fact, now they'll just give me a medication and give me a medication and then we, are, we, 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 are, we can start treatment. I say, oh, we thank God. We thank God. We thank God. 
But as with me before, I might have started praying. Are you getting me? I might have started praying. But over the years, I have learned to rather operate as Jesus will do. Jesus will not rush for a prayer. Are you getting what I'm saying? Jesus will not rush for a prayer. Jesus will give an instruction. Jesus will give a command. Our generation is a generation that is seeking prayer like crazy, but we don't see commands. Every prayer point you are praising is actually a command that is to be obeyed. If you obey the command, you may not have to pray that prayer point, sir. But we will never prefer to pray prayer points and shout and hit our heads on the wall than obey divine commands. I get what I'm saying. And that's why we have more prayer machines that are going in cycles than have what? Faithful believers who are working with the Lord. They go to a cycle. So we pray last year. So we pray last year. We see the thing stop. Now we start again. We pray again. It stop. The devil is enjoying what he's doing. And he's enjoying what you are doing. Because he's giving you assignments. And you are doing the assignment successfully. So yeah, let us stress him again. When they think of stress, they say, ah, let's stress him again. Oh, yeah, bring the problem. Let him start praying again. Oh, yeah, they start praying. They start praying. They pray, they pray, they pray, they pray. They do 24, 21 days fasting and prayer. And after the fasting and prayer, they feel an ease. They feel an ease. And after the ease, the devil says, give him the break. Yeah, so we have suffered small. I have suffered small. Let's give him a small break. You know, we do the way we used to do it now. After some six months, we'll come back again. And three months again, they come back. Hey, you do the other thing. They say, hey, let's come back. This is what I'm talking about. These are, these are torments from the people of hell. Mm. But if you are a person who understands the power of obeying the commands from the Lord, you will pray not to stop the devil's operation or to, or to do the devil's assignment. You will pray as fellowship with the Lord. Mm. Glory to God. And that's the answer. If you look at over 90% of Christians, we don't pray for fellowship. We pray to ask for problems. And it's, you go for prayer programs, go for meetings. What is thriving today? Online prayer programs. And it's all different topics to fixing people's problems. It's all about problems. We don't see prayer programs that are based on relationship with God. No, 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 no. Nobody will come now. Nobody will attend. Nobody will attend. Nobody will come. And the devil understands our psyche. So he has given us plenty of assignments. And we're not glad if we serve the wicked God who wants to torture us. We pray before he now pity for us. And now give us what we are looking for small. Then he will now hold it back again after six months. We now come and pray. Who taught us this? A life of continuous obedience to divine instructions. We make you pray for fellowship, not for problem solving. And the devil knows that we don't obey God's command. So that's why we are more pray, we are more prayer machines for problem solving, not for relationship. And he's happy with it. Amen to Jesus. Paul was saying that some of this prayer we are praying gives glory to God. It's actually pain in the heart of God. That if we look at Isaiah chapter says, Come, let us be together. He say, Come, let us pray. Say, God, let us what? Listen together. God just, all God is, if you can just listen with me, sir. So all these things, I prayer for you, they'll be what? They'll be, they'll, they'll be settled. And you have more things to talk with me. We don't spend time talking with the Lord. 
we spend time talking to the Lord and talking to our problems and fighting the devil. So after we do three things, we talk to the Lord, talk to our problems, fight the devil. Which time we have to what? To talk with the Lord and reason with him. But God doesn't want us to talk to him. Doesn't want us to keep fighting the devil. We are we don't even fight the devil, self. You understand what I'm saying? Doesn't want us to keep talking to him. He wants us to reason with him. There's a level we reason with him too. Where the problems that we thought were problems, we just said they were never problems. All right. Praise God forevermore. Now, one major reason why obedience to Jesus' command required for is, is it required for a miracle is difficult for sense to do is that there is no physical visible reason why the command must be obeyed because nothing has changed yet. You see, it says, Go, your son, leave it. Now, between when he left Jesus and when he met his servants, there was no physical reason to go. You know, we had these stories, we have this prayer for Lord, I will not let you go until you bless. The reason why no one will let him go is because there's no physical. <laughs> you see, if you listen to this teaching there, they will fight me. The reason why no one let you go is because you have not seen any physical thing, any physical change yet. That will warrant you let him go. So, Lord, until I see the physical change, physical thing. If I let you go. And that's an act of unbelief unknown to us. We had this push ideology some years ago. Many years ago, that was when push came. Pray until something happened. And in that sense, we can, it's not something happened. Something happened is anything. Now what? Pray until solution happened. So we will pray until we see it happen. It's a manifestation of unbelief, sir. The man in question has not seen anything happen. But Jesus told him, go. And he what? He went. So if, it's, if you have to work with the ideology of I won't let you go until you what? Bless me. We don't, we don't do it from Jacob's point of view. We do it from our, our own point of view. If we have to work with the push ideology, when, this, when the nobleman Jesus said him, go, your son will be we say, ah, I, I believe you, Lord. But you see, I have to wait here and call them at home to confirm that my son will be Or I will tell them to bring him here to be sure that he, so that you will not we know you now Jesus we know you we know you, you we know we know you you, you see uh, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and Jesus we know you go about doing good so this one I see you now is by grace is by grace I don't know where you go to next you know the wind blew where they said no one went where comment where the sword is so Jesus we don't know where you are going to next so now that I see you have catch you. Jesus waits. Let me tell you to be the point here. Let us be confirmed that you have where. That is where. Then I go. That's the faith we are preaching. That's the faith we are preaching. And that faith is, that, that unbelief we are praying is because we don't understand how miracles operate. And we don't understand how faith operates. Are we together? So the disposition of many to the commands of Jesus, which precedes miracles, is since there's no physical change, why should I obey this command? And there's no physical change, why should I obey this command? At least when I see a small change, small change, like the clouds, the size of a man's hand in the sky, then I can obey the command, Lord, give me just a small change. 
Let it be like the size of a man, the cloud, the size of a man's hand. Then I can do what? Obey the command. Elijah sent the, uh, his servant seven times. Servant came, I see nothing, I see nothing, I see nothing, I see nothing. The final time he said, I see a cloud like the size of a man's hand. He said, okay, go and tell um, Ahab to, 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 to uh, start up his chariot and for the sound of abundance of being. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God, praise God. Now, that's a beautiful one. And we always say, he didn't have to see a big cloud. Are you getting me? Before he believed. Just the size of the hand of a man, he believed. But you see, that's a very beautiful one. But in this kind of operation of faith, you don't need to go see a cloud the size of a man's hand before you believe that they will reform. Are you getting what I'm saying? This operation of faith, it is, you pray and the Lord tells you, Tell Ahab to go. Rain will fall. Whether you see cloud or you no know cloud, say Ahab, go. Rain is falling. Go. It will fall. I get what I'm saying. And this operation of faith is the New Testament operation of faith. And, amen. It's actually very difficult for a lot of us because we have over the years trained ourselves to be used to what? Something we can see. It doesn't be something big. Just a little thing to see. Are you get what I'm saying? Speaking from Jesus' point of view, if a sign has to test the sin before the believer believes and obeys, it is no longer faith. Are you getting what I'm saying? If a sign has to be seen before you believe and obey, it's no longer faith. It's now fact. It's now what? Fact. And God does not work with facts, but faith. God works with faith. Are you getting what I'm saying? And when we say fact, over the years we're talking about God is not fact-driven, God is faith-driven. We are not moved by fact, we are moved by faith. We have been saying this in over the years, but we've limited facts to don't settle for what the medical doctor has said. Don't settle for what the situations around you are saying. Those are facts. Let God be true and let every man be a liar. The word of God is your reality. The situations around are facts. That's a very beautiful definition of fact versus faith. Are you getting what I'm saying? But another aspect of fact that we've not also understood in the church. And we've been working with that aspect of fact. And we didn't know, we, we've not known that we have actually been working with facts, not with faith. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. And let me help us understand something. Like I've always said in the course of this teaching, we are not, these teachings are not there to fight anybody. Everybody should operate at his level of faith for time. When you grow in revelation, then... You are welcome on board. I am saying, but if you have not grown, we will still encourage you to remain in the Lord and keep working out your salvation with what fear and trouble. keep working in the faith that you have now. In the, in the revelation of faith, you have because you've been given the measure of faith, but you have revelations of faith. That's why our righteousness of God is revealed to us for what faith to faith. It's in dimensions, revelations of faith. The, the, the what we call the growing faith is actually revelations of faith. And the more faith is, the more you grow in your revelation of faith, the more as it were, it's that your faith is growing. But the other part is that the faith itself is not growing. It's just a revelation that is growing, that is making you understand what the faith is. For example, how do I explain this for us? Now, you you, you come into a, uh, exactly, they brought, they brought two men to explain, two blind men, to, exp, to, to um, describe how, what an elephant looks like. And one of them touched the tail. And he said, the elephant, he touched the tox and the tail. 
and he said the elephant is long. Then the other one touched the the ears of the elephant, and he said the elephant is wide, wide, wide and slim. Then the other one touched the leg of the elephant. Said the elephant is round like a tree. I get what I'm saying. And then one touched the body of the elephant. He said, Ah, the elephant, the elephant is just wide. Now the question: There were four blind men. Yes. The question now is: Are they wrong? No, they are not wrong, because every one of them spoke from their what point of view and their what perspective. Amen. But they are not incorrect. Are you getting me? But they are what incomplete in their definition. Are you getting me? Now, so but. That is those the one on individual definitions of the elephant is not all there to the elephant. But if all of them combine their definition together, they cannot get what an elephant looks like. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, but from the onset, did the elephant grow longer? Did it grow wider? Why they were defining it? Why did the elephant grow wider? Did it grow longer? It was still the elephant, but it was based on their what? Perspective. Amen to Jesus. Amen. The same thing here. Our faith is the God kind of faith. It's the, it's, not, it's the faith of God. It doesn't grow wider. It doesn't grow longer. It doesn't grow rounder. It doesn't grow bigger. We just have our individual perspective of this faith and that is based on the revelation we have gotten from God's word over time but the more our revelation grows the more we now get a broader perspective of this faith it's not that the faith is growing it's that our revelation is what simply is growing that's all about faith so there's not like increasing faith there's not like growing faith faith is faith the measure of faith is the measure of faith is our revelation that is growing. It's our understanding that is growing. That's why the psalmist said, grant me understanding that I may need. Understanding of God's word is very important. Revelation is very important. When we call for such issues, people don't understand the benefits of that. You'll just be, you just be living your faith as though your faith is long. Living your faith as though the faith is round. Living as though it is, it is wide. Living, living faith as though it is um, wide and slim. Whereas, you never know that this faith is the all-inclusive faith of God. But your growth in revelation will make you understand more of this faith. And you now begin to operate in it in the fullness of it. Praise God forevermore. Now, so, when we talk about facts, we've limited facts to those things the doctor says and every of that, the situation that's signed up. But we've not understood another aspect of facts over the years in the church. And it's something we now need to understand. Now, this fact-based faith is very limited. We need to understand that. I get what I'm saying. In actual fact, it is not faith, but the church has accepted it over the years as faith. Which does not change the truth that it is not faith. It's fact-based. I get what I'm saying. It's not the faith of God. I get what I'm saying. But we've accepted it. And God, you see, based on our level of understanding this time, He allows things. Are you getting me? And it's, and I've always said this over in the Old Testament. How will God tell them bacteria infection? So the best way you could tell them is unclean. 
you are unclean now. Go and wash yourself with high soap, which was one of the most potent antiseptic in the world. How will God tell them high soap is anti potent antiseptic? So wash yourself with high soap so that you not get bacterial infection. They'll say, Lord, speak in terms conversant with our daily operations. That's what we have to know. Are we together? Praise God forevermore. So God has a level per time you allow something, but when he begins to reveal that this thing is not actually what is going to be, don't fight it. Are you know what I'm saying? Start asking for more insight. Amen to Jesus. Now, Jesus never condemned Thomas for wanting to have a personal physical sight and encounter of him before believing his resurrection. Why? Why did Jesus not condemn him? He didn't condemn him because they just moved from the Old Testament, which was physical. It was strictly physical. The Lord is preaching about the Old Testament. Too. The Ten Commandments are brought to a physical. They were on the tablets of stone, a physical stone you can see. The purification process was strictly physical. Physical blood, physical animals that were killed, physical tabernacle. Every of those things were symbolic of, of spiritual operations. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it's strictly physical testament. And everything has to be done physically. Amen to Jesus. And they have moved from the Old Testament, which was physical, to the New Testament, which is what? Spiritual. And the disciples were yet to understand this. Are you getting me? They were yet to understand that they had transited testament to. They didn't even know what was testament. It's what I'm explaining testament to them. Are you getting what I'm saying? Even Peter said, you never understand testament like that. How for God to understand this testament thing? We don't know. No wonder I said it was by revelation. Are you getting what I'm saying? It was one of the explaining testament to us. They didn't know, they didn't know what testament, testament, testament was. They were just used to the physical operation. And Jesus did not fight with them because of they were used to the physical operation. You get what I'm saying? That's why like when Paul reached out to the Gentiles, some Jewish fanatics came and started telling them they have to carry out circumcision for them to be engrafted into the church. Are you get what I'm saying? And Paul began to say, please, 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 let's not burden them with, old, with, the, with the Jewish pride that you could not even keep. Are you getting me? So they had not understood that they had, they had transited and they were still living in that testament. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's why when the women that went to the tomb of Jesus, when they saw that Jesus was no longer there, they came to tell Peter. Peter and um, think John and some of the disciples, the Bible says they did what? They went to go and see for them. It was a sight based testament, very physical. They went to go and confirm. Are you getting what I'm saying? They went to get confirmed because it was totally physical. That notwithstanding, Jesus made him understand. Jesus made Thomas understand the operation of the New Testament faith, which is blessed. That's why Jesus is not condemning. That's why Jesus is not reproving. That's why Jesus is not trashing. Why? Because Jesus understood that these people don't understand what New Testament, Old Testament and New Testament is. They don't understand Testaments. And they don't even understand the Testament they have been operating in. And this New Testament are brought for them. So, let me just explain to him in a way he may understand, he understands more. Then when he left them, he now visited Paul and said, Paul, you are the best person. You understand without the death of a testator, there can be no word, no testament. You are the one who studied law. It's lawyers that understand testators and testaments. So Paul, so Paul, let me use you so that you can explain testatorship and testamentism to them so they can understand what Old Testament means and New Testament, because how will fisherman understand testator and testament? 
how we how we um um, um task collector understand testator and test those are not terms conversant with their daily operation fisherman is conversant with fisher of men so we fish of men and task collector is conversant with what money but not with testator and testament for me to establish this understanding of testator i need somebody who it is conversant with his daily operation mr barrister s-a-n senior advocate come and do this work so where is obusia what can you what, what will god give my this people's person god, god will join him and say I, i'm not disputing that but you see with this guy be an asset to the kingdom of god because god jesus targeted paul because he knew he needed his knowledge for the work are we together praise god forevermore and so jesus makes them on makes thomas understand what the testament's operations are and if you look at john 20 verse 25 to 29 it says your other disciples therefore said unto him we have seen the lord you see they have seen no okay is did thomas have a problem yeah. let's actually look at this matter this was thomas wrong was thomas wrong they, they have seen they know what they want to, they have seen that they believe they don't want thomas to see before believing is it all not open your testament uh uh is it no is it fair is it fair look who you have seen you are not believed because you have seen now you don't want me to not see yeah you want me to be, how will i be believing what you are saying they were not being fair to thomas and thomas was not wrong in any way that's why Jesus is not fighting because both thomas and peter and john and james were operating the same level nobody was higher than the other they were all seers physical seers we must see before believe but then seeing is believing and so what makes thomas different why are you calling doubting if you call thomas that you call peter doubting if you call thomas that you call john james all of them you call them doubting because see they said they have seen no and now they want thomas to believe without seeing it's not their their third uh, third party report they want to for what now why 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 would you believe like that when did jesus was <laughs> he has to see so it's not wrong at all we should not we should not we should never call thomas doubting because they also they were doubting when the women told them that they saw they doubted that's how they went to grant to the to the grave to grant myself so don't never you call thomas doubting peter was doubting james was doubting john was all of them were doubting because they're living in a physical testament of seeing is believing that's why Jesus not, you know, chastise Thomas because you know all of them when you see. Okay, so we have seen the Lord. So, but he said unto them, except I see in his hands the print of the name. Now, anybody decides what he wants to see. Then they saw the face of Jesus and they were fine. They just saw him and they were fine. You know what I'm saying? It was all seen. We have seen the but he said, Me, this is the level of if I, let me tell you, Thomas level of seeing was even higher than their level. He said, except I see him, eh, then I put my hand in his prints. Ah, he wanted to go deeper. Deeper. That was why when he got that depth, he entered India. Peter could not enter India. He entered India. He finished them in India. They were doing a feast, bathing naked in the river, celebrating a festival to their, to their idols. He was preaching, they did not listen, preaching, they did not listen. He told somebody, give me a basket, and they gave him a basket. He took, he, 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 he gave me a, a, a vessel there, they gave him a vessel. He took water from the river. 
and threw it up and commanded the water to stand still in the air. The water start, stood still. They said, what is it now? Listen to me. What? Because he went deeper. Peter did not command water to stand still. James John did not command water to stand still. But Thomas commanded because he went deeper. He said, I want to see and put my hand. They killed him on the mountain in India. Because of the level of death he went in. Because they were all seers. Don't, 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 don't um, condemn anybody. It was their testament. Jesus was trying to what? Take them out. So this event Jesus told Thomas was in that he was speaking to all of them. All of them were there. He says, except I see the hands, the prints of the nails, and put my fingers into the prints of the nails, and trust my hands into his side. I will not believe. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within. And Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus, the doors, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger. If, Jesus, if this was not important to Jesus, why would Jesus? That is, they came because of Thomas. Peace be unto you, but I didn't mind them. He said, Thomas, is you I came from. He says, And behold my hand, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believe him. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. Let me ask you a question. Amongst all of them there, is there any of them that have not seen but believe? <laughs> blessed, he said, Blessed are they, are they that have not seen but what? Believe. Among all the disciples, is there any of them that has believed that Jesus had entered without seeing? Peter went to go and look for him by himself. Thomas was also in an advanced version. Are you getting what I'm saying? So remember, it was Jesus. Thomas wanted to see for himself physically, not someone or something else. Remember, because Jesus, he didn't want to see the devil. He didn't want to see anything to Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying? He didn't want to see someone else. He didn't want to see someone there, let alone see something wrong. Yeah, Jesus was not satisfied with this because it was fact based faith, faith and not spirit based faith. Are you getting what I'm saying? He was not satisfied because it was a fact based. It was Jesus wanted to see. Let's get it clear here. When we look at this, we look at it. Thomas wanted to see something else. Oh, Thomas was doubting. If Thomas was doubting because he wanted to see Jesus, that's a good answer. I get what I'm saying. If, if you are doubting when you want to see another thing, we now we doubt because we want to see money, we want to see miracle, want to see house, want to see car. That's how we doubt Jesus. So. But Thomas was doubting the report of the disciples, other disciples, and the message because he wanted to see Jesus. Mm. If Jesus wanted to see, we, if Thomas was even as a, an Old Testament person that was that, that was meant to be born again very soon, he was still better than many of us who are born again. We, we are doubting Jesus because we want to see house. He has not given me house here so I cannot believe him. He has not given me house here so I cannot believe him. He has not given me house so I cannot believe him. Okay. This in recent times, you see, is among saints, is likened to the desire of saints to see a medium, are we together, which they call token before they believe. I get what I'm saying. Because now it's Jesus he wanted to see. He didn't want to see something evil. He didn't want to see even any house or car or wife before he believed in Jesus. He wanted to see the Jesus before he believed what? 
that is Jesus resurrected. Now, we in our times, we have not taken it in a lower dimension in the church. We now want to see a medium before we believe in Jesus. Some people have called it token. They have called it different things. It's when I came to Ghana first, I heard they called something called Science and Tokens Meeting Service or Science and Token. It was sounding, 2013, it was sounding like, what is this? I cannot say. Mm. So we, we, we have anointing oil, mantle, and even some other items which are not mentioned in the New Testament. In fact, it's there we know so that they use. They use um, stone. They use um, honey. Are you get what I'm saying? They use honey. It's amazing to even see that um, some people use stone. So all manner of things, all man things that I'm not even reading in the New, New Testament. Are you get what I'm saying? Now we are still dealing with the anointing oil matter because the reference was only made once in the New Testament. And that's in the Book of James when he was talking to the what? To the to the to the to the Jewish Christians, and he had to talk in their level. Because they were still used to what? Those things. So you have to read them in their level. Are you getting what I'm saying? But he didn't tell them that the anointing oil will heal the sick. He says what? Their prayer of what? Faith will heal the sick. Now, aprons were taken from the bodies of Paul and Peter to what? Heal people. Why? Because people could not just have faith in the distance is no barrier. Are you getting what I'm saying? They could not just have faith that we just believe in that Jesus can heal them. He will heal them without receiving an apron. Are you getting me? So he had, they have to operate at their level. Are you getting me? And so the church has begun to um, take up these things and began to make religion out of them. Are you getting me? And by the day, these are now fact-based kind of things. Until we see these facts, we will not believe that Jesus will do it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. So until they anoint me, no prayer they pray we have, we, we hear me. Because James said, anoint with oil and then pray. So anointing precedes prayer. If you don't anoint me with oil, if you pray, I won't get it. I won't see, I won't get it. Don't waste your prayer. Don't anoint me first before you pray. Say aprons were taken. See, you better send me mantle. Send me aprons. Or else see, I will not no miracle will happen for me. So until we see these facts, we cannot believe in the Lord Jesus. And this has become a serious challenge in the church. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. We discover that he never emphasized on any of these things. Are you getting what I'm saying? His emphasis was never on them. You see, if you go through scriptures, the Bible says that when Jesus stayed for the 40 days before he said, he said John was right, he said, the miracles that Jesus did in that 40 days, if they were to record it, no book would take them. So when he recorded what happened before his death, after death, he didn't record. After resurrection, he didn't record. I get what I'm saying. Amen. All of these are instruments of fact-based faith, faith. You want to see before you obey, then believe. Same way Thomas saw Jesus, afterwards obeyed Jesus' command to put his hand in the holes, in his hands and feet and sides, and then he believed. So you want to see a fact before you obey and before you believe. No. But the Bible said, Blessed are them. Jesus said, Blessed are them who have no what? 
seen, but what? Believe. This man did not have to see anything. As Jesus, he has seen Jesus. Jesus gave him a choice. He didn't need to see anything in the middle again. Jesus said, go. He went. But when Jesus has told us, go, he has given us the command, but we still need him. We still need our pastors to give us uh -huh. something. Something. I, I watched a man of God. He was preaching and he said, he was talking about this and he was like, these things are, they are all Old Testamental operations. And they are, you know, some of them are symbolic, but they are not Old Testamental operations. I said, they are, in the New Testament, they were preaching the Spirit. And now looking at this, okay, I'm looking at you, okay, if you want us to give you, okay, we'll give you. We'll still give you, we'll still give you a note to you could see, you could see that thing like, ah, so if you don't want to grow, then we are trying to make you grow. You don't want to grow. Now, when you get to a situation where you, where you, where you, where you cannot assess those things, what do you do? What do you do? You cannot have it again. Where you cannot bring out the mantle and wave it. You cannot bring an wire and point. You cannot bring out the stone they gave in the church and throw it. Cannot bring out the oh, honey and, and put all the water and sprinkle it. Uh, what else again? Or the salt and sprinkle it. What else again? <laughs> they do many things. So. But you cannot bring all those things out when they are not available, when they are indisposed. That means, oh boy, nothing. You die. You die with that. It's all over. You cannot even get the man of God to make a declaration into your life. Dangerous declaration. Thank you. My children have been hearing a lot of things. You cannot get the man of God to make a dangerous declaration into your life. So you die with that. Fact based faith. And it has been limiting the church. Limiting the church. Limiting the church. <laughs> Uh, hmm. So it's same old fact-based faith seeking to operate in the New Testament meant for those who live spirit command-based faith and are blessed. So we are not meant to live in fact-based faith. We are meant to live in what? Spirit command faith. Not fact-based faith. And the, the faith that is blessed is spirit command faith. You don't need anything as a fact to hold on to. Let the word of God be all you need to hold on to. And obey it. No be point. Are you get what I'm saying? Now, I am not fighting anybody that is in all those things. So, yeah, no problem. You can feel to use them. But I just want you to realize that when you get to a situation where they are not there, you have ended up and you have to suffer or die because they were not there. That means we are actually practicing talisman instead of faith. <laughs> we are practicing talisman instead of faith. I cannot say. But talisman that, um, uh, that attaches your, your result to a fact, an item. And we must remove talisman from the church and make us focus back on Jesus. Yes. And so this is the reason why there's so much struggle in the church. We've been having a lot of arguments in the church. But let's be truthful on these things. And let's stop those struggles. 
Um, if God revealed it to you at the point in time, but because we were never of understanding, I hear what I'm saying. You saw a horse, a, 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 a an elephant as long, but God now is saying the elephant is not long. Elephant is long, round, wide, big, thin, sharp, because it talks the sharp, and take the full definition of the elephant and stop holding on to the prior definition. Now, so once we have believed the word of God, we must obey all the commands he gives us without the need to see anything or any medium by which, through which, on which we believe God before we obey his commandments. Obey him straight. You get the word, obey him. Don't need any medium or any fact by which, through which, on which we believe God. So we believe God by this anointing. How? We believe God by faith in Christ Jesus. We believe God by this mantle. No, 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 no. We believe God by faith in Christ Jesus. We believe God by this honey. Lift up that honey. Say this honey. I decree God this honey. As you are sweet, so will my life sweet. Anywhere I touch you with, will be sweet. Will be sweet. Will be sweet. Will be sweet. Please now. Where do you get talismanism? Because I'm talking. Someone he brought perfume, he says, spray the perfume. Ah! He says, spray your hand, spray your neck, your throat. Say, fish, uh, say, brought candle, light it up, don't come back. Where did we get all these things from now? Nah? Let's follow the New Testament. We, we deviated from the New Testament church. Because what was going emphasized in the New Testament church, we should not place emphasis on it. Yes. We've entered into different talismanism. By which, through which, on which you believe God, I will remove Jesus. <laughs> so, if those things are not there, we cannot, Jesus cannot, we cannot move from Jesus to the miracle. We have to move from Jesus through these things to the miracle. Who taught us this? Oh, foolish church, who has bewitched you? So, faith is not believe, see, then obey. Faith is what? Believe and obey. That is faith. Otherwise, it is trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. That is faith. Not trust, see, and obey. No. We have sung this song. Why are we now living contrary to the song? Fact based faith is not the faith of God. Spirit command based faith is the faith of God. You don't need to see any medium, you don't need to see any fact. You just trust God and it obeys God. Amen to Jesus. Um, are there any questions? Hallelujah. Now is your moment of salvation. If you are yet to make the Lord Jesus Christ, your Lord and personal Savior, we request that you say this prayer along with many others now. Say this words, 
Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, I repent of my sins, and ask that you forgive my sins. I believe that you shed your blood on the cross, died for my sins, and rose again in the third day. Today, I invite you into my life today. Wash me by your blood, make me your own, until eternity be my Lord and personal Savior, thank you Lord Jesus, in Jesus' precious name. We believe you were blessed listening to this teaching from God's Word. May your soul remain ever refreshed and revived. We would love to hear your praise report today. Beloved, remain connected to Grace Life Comey Podcast. Jesus is Lord. For your love gift of any amount to Grace Life Comey Podcast, kindly use any of our giving channels available to give in dollars. You can send to Universal Merchant Bank Ghana. Account number 033-154-551-2013. Swift code M B G H G H A C to give in CDs. Universal Merchant Bank Ghana. You can send to account number 033-254-551-2017. To give in Naira, you can send to Ecobank Nigeria. Account number. 5541020592 Also for further enquiries you can call us on +2334545947132 OR send us an email via chimdiohahunaministry@gmail.com Today remain ever blessed